PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK and I are joined now by Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the jazz. A guy we have both known since the day we got to the market because he was already here. Bowler, good morning. Hey, good morning, PK. How are you, DJ? Good. Thanks a lot. Um, Bowler, I thought I knew. I've been around a while. Yeah, you have been. I thought, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, <laughs> because I've been a while around a while, too, I thought I knew a lot about you. Yeah. And we uh, we played a little phone tag yesterday, PK, and it was hard to get a hold of Bowler. We're both on the phone with other people, right? And so when I get a hold of him, I'm like, well, I, I got to do this RSL game. It's starting here pretty soon. He's like, ah, call me afterwards. I'm like, Bowler, it'll be after 11 o'clock. He goes, I'll be up. I'm watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> Bowler's a, a night owl. Guy. You're a big time night owl even now. I am. You know, it all comes from the uh, days past when you do late news and you are wired up. And I've always been a late night guy always so 11 o'clock i thought come on give me a challenge so. <laughs> he was i called him he's like you're driving home where are you i'm like i'm, I'm just leaving the stadium bowler i'm not i'm not even on the city streets yet yeah yeah <laughs> i called you in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> gave us a little longer time to chat last exactly. night so yeah that was hilarious though all right so you have been around forever bowler and i think a lot of people you know the basic outline to this 35 years with the Millers, obvious a lot of high points and a lot of good memories. Some doubt about what this means going forward, but they like the fact that it seems to be a, a passionate local owner who's really into this. You know, if you watch that uh, press conference, if you read the quotes, you're thinking, okay, there, there seems to be there seems to be a pretty good amount of passion here. And I'm wondering if you go back 35 years. Because unless I got my maths wrong, uh, you were here as Sam Battistone sold first half the team, and then about a year later, he sold the other half of the team to Larry Miller. Was it a similar vibe? I don't know what this is, but it's a local owner with passion. So that's at least two boxes that need to be checked. Let's see where we go from here. No, it's it's a great analogy. Uh, Larry and Gail in 1985 were... Uh, you know, I think Gail even said yesterday the same age as Ryan and his wife, uh, the new owner ownership, uh, at age 40, I believe, 42. Uh, 42. And, you know, I remember walking in, I was fairly new. I think I'd been here three months and Carl Malone had just been drafted and the whole tide was beginning to change for the jazz. You know, Mark Eaton was here. Uh, of course, Frank was the head coach and, uh, uh you know, uh, John Stockton, I had already I played a year for the Jazz. But, yeah, there was that same energy, I remember. There was a lot of emotion, by the way. No tears yesterday except from Gail in some regards. But Larry, such an emotional uh, owner, and taking that ownership from Sam Battistone. And it was, you know, really when you think about it, going back, I don't know where Utah would be without that move in 1985 uh, when Larry and Gail bought the team and, it wasn't for basketball per se, she said yesterday. It was to solidify and give the state of Utah an opportunity to grow around uh, the franchise stability, which I found, you know, again, intriguing to go back and, and have her rethink and remember those those days. And she did very well, you know, yesterday to give us a really an interesting idea of the reasons. And, yes, it, it built their businesses and gave them a base to, to build around and the state as well in an arena that came with it. So, and Larry had a really, I mean, he stretched out, PK, as you know, and DJ to, to build that arena with a loan from a Japanese bank, and, and he was able to do it. And, you know, you couldn't replicate that building today for probably less than $800 million. You may even, you know, bust that 
that price tag, to be honest. So, you know, he got it done. And I think what you saw yesterday was the handing of the torch. And Gail said it best. Look, we lived a dream and we lived it together. And we, we traveled a journey that we thought we'd never travel and meet people we would never, ever, ever meet. And I, I could really sense yesterday that she understood that Ryan and his wife are going to live the same dream because, you know, he actually is a basketball fan was looking DJ and I were talking about this last night, PK, that, you know, he was looking around. He, he wanted to be a, a, an NBA owner and did, there were other, yep. other, some other opportunities. And he had approached the jazz multiple times about what do you think? What do you think? You know, and it was never the right time. And Gail just felt like this was the time. I think COVID wears a lot of people down and the situation at hand right now, currently it was the right time. And she made the, uh, an interesting comment too. They have taken the jazz this far. Ryan hopefully will take them the next step. And that would obviously mean an NBA championship. You know, the jazz have flirted with it under the Miller family twice. And, uh, you know, hopefully there was opportunity with D will and booze didn't work. Now you've got Rudy and Donovan with big decisions to make and a lot of money on the table. And I think it was in, in the Miller family's mind, it was a, it was a family decision uh, to move forward and, uh, and sell the franchise. Talk about a well-kept secret. Uh, it, was, it was a shocker uh, yesterday. I think it, it kind of surprised all of us. But when you heard Gail speak, and we had a, a Zoom call yesterday with employees, you know, you could you could tell um, it was it was a tough decision, but one she thought was it was exactly the right time. Don't you think it's sort of a freaky coincidence that you know, these NBA teams, a lot of them are owned by several people, and here the Jazz, Gail and Larry in their early forties. Now we're going to have Ryan and Ashley in their early forties, both Utah folks, all four of them, and have a passionate interest in the community and the state. It just seems, I don't know if weird is the right word, but maybe natural actually is the right word. Yeah, yeah you know, it's unique. Uh, I t- I've got a college buddy who hit it big, uh, who is a um, minority owner, a very small piece of the Boston Celtics, and there's a lot of ownership in the Celtics. There's a lot of ownership in a lot of teams, PK, as you mentioned, and I, I think this is just incredibly unique that you have someone that has the money, obviously in the state of Utah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of wealth here, obviously. And, uh, you know, you're seeing the state grow into the next uh, kind of Silicon Valley, right? So there's a, there's a lot of money here. And, and Ryan uh, was very smart in his business dealings at an early age. And here he is with the ability, he and his wife, to, to buy and put down, you know, one uh, reportedly one point six six billion dollars uh, for the Utah Jazz and Vivint Arena and a few other pieces that go with that. But it is unique, PK, that you have, you know, one guy uh, who who just takes over a franchise like the Millers did when they bought it from Sam Battistone. So it goes from Sam to the Millers and now to Ryan and Ashley. It's it's really. It's really an odd but unique situation uh, for for Utah and the, and the Jazz. So one thing that I heard when I talked to people yesterday, and it was something that you echoed when I talked to you, you know, at almost midnight. Holy cow! No wonder <laughs> I'm tired. Um, you should be. 
<laughs> but one thing uh, is that you thought uh, a new energy, and I think it's hard to put your finger on what that means, but you have the sense that it's important, but how it actually plays out and translates into the court, onto the court, into wins and losses is kind of a tricky thing. Can you put your finger on what that new energy means? I know you believe in it, yeah. but, but how does that really come to pass You know, when you're broadcasting a game? What is that going to mean to the people watching it? You know, and PK, you know what I'm talking about here, DJ. You know, in newsrooms, um, when editors, new editors, new uh, news directors come in, uh, there is a sense of energy um, because what was is now is gone. And there's always, obviously, there will be always the Miller uh, fingerprint on this franchise. But you get to the point where there will be changes. Um, again, I think that comes down the road and what I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just natural. I mean, we saw it right multiple times in newsrooms where, you know, new news directors or general managers have their own way of doing things and they'll put their fingerprint on that newsroom. And I'm sure Ryan and Ashley will, will do the same thing. I don't, I don't believe that's a knee jerk reaction to say, Hey, uh, this happens today. No, I don't, I don't believe that's the way this is going to work. I think it's just a subtle change and maybe a new approach of way they handle free agency. Um, I have no idea uh, what uh, Dennis and Z, Justin Zanuck, will be told what the financial status will be on salary cap, uh, going over it, staying close to it. And so those are things we'll all learn when dealing with, obviously, Donovan's contract and the extension of, of Gobert, if that's going to come come to, to pass and Jordan Clarkson. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen here in a very short period of time. So, I mean, Ryan's going to have to make some big financial decisions as well that the Millers were facing. So, but I still think what Gail said yesterday, is still, it's true. I, I think, again, sometimes when, when you're in a newsroom or in any corporate situation, it, something new comes about, new leadership just makes it all different. And, 35 years is an amazing run for anybody. And now you have, a, uh, as she called, new blood to come in and uh, give new direction, new thought, and new ideas uh, to an NBA franchise. And some really interesting times, by the way, uh, as we know. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued by it is the best word to see, to see where we go from here. Have you had any interactions with Ryan Smith? Yeah, a couple of times. Uh, I found him, you know, genuine, uh, you know, approachable. Um, he was, um, you know, uh, helpful. And, uh, you know, he was courtside many games with Greg um, over the last couple of years, um, at least maybe 10 games or more a year. And uh, before we moved up, uh, from the floor, I'd see him quite a bit. We still did our, our game opens down on the floor, but we had to rush around the corner to get back upstairs. But yeah, I, I find him really uh, just a, a, a you know a guy that loves the game. Uh, I think he wants to learn more about it. I think what his uh, from what I understand from his days at Qualtrics as a co-founder, obviously he has a great business mind and a great he put up a great business model, and hopefully that translates you know to to his ownership with the jazz. But, um, no, and the other thing too, PK, he, he really was instrumental of, you know, putting the patch 
uh, of you know fly for the fight uh, for cancer, and the money that's been raised raised by that is very typical of what the Miller family does and involvement with the community. And I don't think that's going to stop uh, with new ownership. So I thought that we were moving towards the December 22nd start to the season. Now there's a story out that some NBA stars are pushing for uh, mid-January and an MLK Day start mm-hmm. to the season. Have you heard anything officially or unofficially? Because many Jazz fans wonder when they will get to see Jazz basketball. Jazz basketball. Uh, DJ, that's probably still the, the daunting you know, endeavor of, of Adam Silver is what do we do? When do we do it? Because they have to be careful. I don't. I know for a fact they don't want to give a false start date, right? Then have to disappoint and pull pull back from that. I've heard the twenty second, as you have, and PK, and then I also heard the the real favorable one for the players was indeed Martin Luther King Day in mid January. I also read a story yesterday. If you wait until that day, the money from December twenty second to the next month is about. I may be wrong because there's a lot of stories out there, but you know they're talking money and to generate the, to generate you know the cash flow back in uh, to the league would be about five hundred million dollars. I mean that's that's a big decision, right? To even push it a month, and I'm not really sure. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, what do you think the numbers are for fans? Does that make a difference? Can you trickle in five thousand fans in January versus? just before Christmas? I don't know. I know that's what Adam Silver would like. He's mentioned it multiple times that fans need to return to, to arenas, and I can surely understand why. You need that energy, and you need concessions, and all the above ticket sales, but uh, I don't know. The players hold a big card here. You know, when you heard Danny Green say, I doubt LeBron's going to play if we go December 22nd, that may have gotten some uh, some attention, especially from network television, because one thing they don't want is to disappoint fans when star players are resting. <clears throat> but then there's other teams, by the way, that haven't played guys since March. And they want to get on the floor and, and they want to generate revenue. So I think there's probably a pretty good discussion going on here. So when you're a fan, like Ryan Smith has been, you have your favorites and you root for guys. You get close to them if you have access to them. And that's all well and good from the fan perspective. But then when you become management, when you come become an owner, it's a fine line with the fandom and then being able to make the business decisions. And you can't make the business decisions based on fandom, because if that were the yeah. case, Joe Ingles would play till he's 45 because he's so <laughs> universally beloved yeah. here. Right. You know where That's I'm right. going. How do you think Ryan Smith is going to be able to balance that line fandom to actually make decisions. Now, Travis Hansen says that he believes Ryan Smith wants to win uh, as well or as much or more than any NBA owner who's already there. So you got that endorsement there. Just thought your thought on how you manage all that and balance it. I, I think he'll be aggressive, PK, from what I've understood through some calls and people that I know. Um, he wants to be aggressive, and I think you're right. As a fan like Larry, let's just go back. And think of Larry and how he adjusted. You know, he was so emotional courtside. Uh, and there was obviously those situations that popped up along the way and until he finally pulled back. And I think you go through that transition. I'd be, I'd be stunned if he doesn't. 
because he realizes, yeah, this is my team. These are my guys. I'm emotional. Bad call. You treated him wrong. That was too hard of a foul. So you start to you got to back it off. And Larry had to learn that too uh, with some of the incidents that, that occurred, you know, courtside. And uh, I, I'm sure Ryan will go through those same those same growing pains of ownership, right? Uh, but I think again, you know, new time, new day. You know, Larry hadn't even seen a ball game. I remember Gail said yesterday again. I forgot this that really his first game was when he went with Sam Battistone when they were discussing the deal. He wasn't really what Ryan is, and that's a basketball fan. He became one, but Ryan's already there, and so um, you know, building up to this, maybe he he understands that role a little di- bit differently. Uh, Larry overnight became so passionate with his team and Ryan has been around this franchise for a long time. He even said yesterday he grew up as a junior jazz player and thought he'd play for the jazz. Uh, you know, Larry was a softball King and, um, learned to become an NBA fan. So it'll be interesting to watch the whole process, but I think he realizes how close the jazz are PK and, and what is a very competitive Western conference. And, and, and obviously he knows, what needs to be done to push them past Lakers, Clippers, even Denver, and even probably Dallas with, with a healthy Porzingis and Luka Doncic. So, um, look, I'm sure they've already got some plans in the works, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of agents around the league, look, free agency hasn't occurred yet, but I'm sure some talks have happened and uh, some decisions have already been made on what directions to go. And I'm sure the Jazz are in, the same, in that same boat. Well, tell us what they are then, Bowler. Let's go. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't. I have no clue, but I'm excited to see too. I mean, you know, with like I said, with new management, anywhere you are, there's fear because you don't know exactly what's going to occur. But at the same time, I think you see like, wow, okay, maybe this is just that little nudge. And and as Gail again said, new blood that pushes the franchise uh, up uh, up a notch. I'm saying the Millers weren't. They wanted to win a championship. I mean, I'm no. I'm known that since day one. We covered them, and when I, I've been working for them, and there's always been that goal. But you know, it it just takes uh, combinations to make it work, and you know, the right player and the chemistry, and those are tough decisions to make. But they're usually financial, right? So I think the bottom line is we'll find out how aggressive Ryan and Ashley are. Uh, to pursue either another player in free agency or if, they're very, if they are uh, gamblers in the sense of making trades and getting, you know, giving Dennis the thumbs up and, and Z, Justin Zanuck. So I'm just going to sit back and, and just see how this is going to turn out. But it's all I can do, right? But it, it's going to be done because the season is going to come around faster than we think, whether it's December 22nd or in mid-January. Uh, it's it's coming around the corner as we come up on November. Bowler, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in and enjoy your late night TV. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll expect a call tonight. You too, PK. We'll uh, we'll conference in. I go to bed at ten, so it'll have to be before that. <laughs> okay. Bowler's just we'll getting started. He takes a yeah, power man. nap about nine yeah. fifteen. Okay, I'll power. Okay, power nap it, and then we'll go. All yeah. right. Okay, thanks, Bowler. See you guys.